Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Justin. Hey, Andros. Uh, uh, yeah, man. Uh, you know, being here in the Netherlands, I tend to feel sometimes a little isolated. You're in the Netherlands? I, I, believe it or not. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> but uh, I, I uh, you know what I miss? I miss like hanging out with you and some of my friends and like going to like my men's groups and being yeah. being part of like a mastermind. Like power of the group, right? Power of the group. Power of the group. Uh, so I don't I don't really know what to do about that because uh, I love my life. I think it's wonderful. I got some good friends here, but I, I you know, and I'm a burner, but I've been a burning man in a bit. So uh, and I've been anywhere. How do we fix this? How do we fix this? Like, if uh, do you got any recommendations? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I got a guy. I got a guy that knows a, a guy? guy that knows a oh. guy that knows a guy. Let me see. Uh, let me see what I can do. But I think we can get somebody on right now that is going to know a lot about wow. this group mastermind stuff. So what do you say to that? I say bring it. Let's do it then. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Andro Sturgeon. And I'm Justin Womack. We are the Marketing Geeks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, all right. We're back. We're back. Our uh, our guest tonight. Tell us about our guest there, Mr. Womack. Yeah, yeah, today we are joined by Aaron Walker. He's a life and business coach and helps create masterminds for men. So Aaron has founded more than a dozen companies over the past 41 years. He attributes much of his success to having surrounded himself with his mastermind counterparts Aaron spent a decade meeting weekly with Dave Ramsey and other amazing entrepreneurs like that. And Aaron is the founder of Iron Sharpens Iron Mastermind, and that now hosts uh, 19 groups with national and international members. He's also the author of View from the Top and the Mastermind Blueprint, and he's the founder of the Mastermind Playbook, an incredible resource for starting, running, and scaling masterminds. He now lives in Nashville, Tennessee with his wife, Robin, of 40 years. And he has two incredible daughters and five beautiful grandchildren. But please welcome to the show, Aaron Walker. Aaron, how are you today? Uh, hey, guys. Man, I'm finally glad to finally get an opportunity to be on the Marketing Geeks podcast. I'm in the yeah. presence of the most generous geeks on the planet. So, Man, you don't know <laughs> that half of it. If you, uh, no, uh, come I out to Amsterdam. You, 
Yeah. I follow you. I know exactly who you are, and I'm just privileged to be here today. And you Thank still you. agreed to be on the show. That's amazing. I know. I know. Justin twisted my arm and sent me twenty dollars, <laughs> and so here I am. Oh, that's that's yeah. twenty bucks is twenty that's bucks. Twenty dollars. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, <laughs> tell tell us uh, for the, for our listeners who don't know who you are, can you give us a kind of a rundown of about who you are and what you do? Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you, Andros. Uh, native Nashvilleian. I've been here sixty years in Tennessee. I love it here. Uh, started uh, 14 businesses over the past 42 years. 10 years ago, when I turned 50, I retired and thought I was going to live a life of leisure until Dave Ramsey and Dan Miller said, no, you're too young to do that. You need to coach. I started coaching, doing podcast interviews. Today, we just launched our 20th mastermind. I need to update my bio. We also have four groups with women. We have 15 groups with men. We have one group with emerging men. And I'm absolutely having the time of my life, Andros. Wow, that's uh, that's so great. Well, uh, I, I uh, how how did you? Well, t- first of all, how did you get started in doing this? Like, what uh, what got you into doing masterminds of all things? Yeah, years ago, this was in the early '90s. Dave Ramsey was starting his radio show, and I met Dave at a uh, networking function and went up and introduced myself, invited him to see our business. He loved our business. He gave me a free week to try, you know, his radio station because he had just started. He was on one station in Nashville. Today he's on almost 800 radio stations across the country. And uh, I agreed to do some sponsorship with him, fell in love with what he was doing. We became very good friends and I sponsored his show for 21 consecutive years after that. Mm. Uh, became very tight. And one day he asked me to join his mastermind group at which I'd never even heard of a mastermind group decades ago. Reluctantly, I went, I didn't want to do it, but I, you know, Dave and I were friends. And so I said, Hey, I'll give it a try. And it radically changed my life. You know, he introduced me to guys that were amazing, uh, started letting the veil down, started being very vulnerable and transparent and found out that I could get a lot of value from people that had been there before me and just started going weekly in Dave's conference room. So we met for about an hour and a half every week. And over 10 or 12 years, we met weekly and we all grew our businesses simultaneously. And I'll have to say the uh, vast majority of the success that I've had is a result of surrounding myself with unbiased, trusted advisors. So tell me a little bit about this mastermind community that you first got started with, with Dave Ramsey. Like what kind of uh, people did he attract into that group? And like, what kind of subjects were you covering? I mean, were you all kind of doing like hot seat coaching, talking about like what's going on with your businesses, the problems that you were having? Were there like topics being discussed? Tell me a little bit about the model of how that ran. Yeah, good question. You know, we did it in person then. Uh, The vast majority of masterminds today are run virtually, but at that time, this is decades ago, uh, we met in person around Dave's conference room table and they had just finished a Bible study. You know, Dave is like, I am, he's Christian uh, by faith. And so he was involved in a Bible study with a couple of other guys. And they said, Hey, we want to continue this process. Uh, we want to meet with guys on a regular basis. And so each person was tasked with bringing three people into the group. There were three of them originally. And so Dave, uh, invited me along with a couple of other guys and, Went into the group, not knowing anyone but Dave at the time, and uh, we just started meeting, studying, reading books together. Uh, We would challenge one another, various topics, and then it became a little more formalized. Uh, After a year or two, we were called the Eagles. You've probably heard Dave reference the Eagles many times, and uh, we would start uh, leading 
we would take turns leading the groups. And then periodically we would say, Hey, I need some time. You know, Robin and I are having a difficulty or one of the other guys, their children. So one thing led to another and guys would come in and say, I'm starting a new business or I've got cash flow issues in this business. And you know, the things that we all deal with, I mean, there's, things personally, professionally, and spiritually that we all deal with on a daily basis. And so it started adding so much value to each person. It was like, hey, I'm not going to miss this. So then we formalized it even further and we signed an agreement that said, unless we're providentially hindered, we're going to be here. Like unless we're on vacation or we're sick, we're committing to being here an hour and a half every Wednesday. So we met in Dave's office. Uh, I, you know, we would go, we all had keys. So we'd go in early, get the coffee going and we would hang out for an hour and a half. And we just developed friendships. We developed partnerships. Uh, there were many times that we would vacation together and it just started out kind of fundamentally answering questions and then it turned into lifelong friendships and relationships. What, what was your business when you started the mastermind group? Yeah. It, it evolved into this helping others to create masterminds now, but yeah. what was it when you first got started? I was actually, I've owned 14 businesses over the course of 42 years. And so at the time that I started this, I had retired. So this was 10 years ago. I was 50 years old and I came to the meeting. I'd owned a construction company and I'd retired from that. And Dan Miller, one of the guys, 48 days to the work you love. Dan's got a huge following. He's in the group as well. And he said, what are you going to do now? And I said, nothing. I said, I'm going to retire. I'm going to buy a place on St. John down in the Caribbean. And I'm going to go down there and live a lot of the time. And he said, you're too young to do that. He said, besides, that's the most selfish thing I've ever heard you say. And I'm like, I started laughing. I said, I've been working since I was eight. Okay. I'm 50 now. It's time to quit. And he said, no, you're just now gaining the experience and the wisdom where you can coach and encourage and teach other people. And I didn't want any part of it, Justin, quite honestly. I said, listen, that's going to be hard work and I don't want to do it. And he said, no, come to the sanctuary and do the coaching program that I offer. And Dave Ramsey said, yeah, come and do entree leadership mastery. I'll gift it to you. And I said, well, that's a $10,000 gift. That's pretty cool. So I went and fell in love with it. And Dan Miller texted me one night on my way home from the sanctuary. And he said, uh, hey, did you notice people leaning in, listening to your story? And I said, yeah, maybe I'm just a good storyteller. He said, no, Aaron. He said, you've been married at this time over 30 years. You've got two children. You've got grandchildren. You've had 12 successful companies at this time. You've got something to offer other people. So, you know, Christian by faith, I told you that. I prayed about it, talked to my wife about it, agreed to do it, and started coaching, started doing podcast interviews, and our business just absolutely blew up. So I started coaching people all over the world, wow. teaching them how to grow their business. How many of these businesses did you exit from and how many of them did you like, did, I mean, did you keep, like, how many were running simultaneously at one time when you had this? I mean, and been and how so many, many are still running? Businesses? Yeah, so. yeah. A number of them are still running and I exited. I'm a creator developer. I'm not a maintainer manager. And so when it gets mm -hmm. up and it's lost its zeal, I like the art of the deal. I like to figure things out. So I'll start a business. You know, I own one business 27 years, but there's other businesses that I'll start, get up and going and then sell. A couple of them I closed. They, they were not successful. They didn't do well. And so I don't want to leave that out either. I don't want people to think, hey, he's got the Midas touch. You know, everything he touches turns to gold. So some of them didn't work. So we pivoted and we exited those businesses. But uh, I would say uh, three or four of them are still up and going and others that I sold that 
you know, they've merged with their companies, uh, just various things. I mean, it'd take a long time to explain each one of those businesses, but at the time I was retired at the time I was retired from the construction industry. Is Hmm. there any driver that you found? I mean, you've been at least different mastermind groups. You've run several different types of businesses. Is there any like driver to what makes a successful business versus a non-successful business? If you were going to point to maybe one or two things that you would like to share, just because you have this wealth of experience and you've been giving it back. I'm just curious what you would say to that. Well, first of all, let me go back way back. Uh, I was raised in a very great home, but a very poor family. We lived in a 600 square foot house. There were six of us. My dad never made over $15,000 a year in his life. And so we didn't have anything. We later lost a house that my dad had bought for $6,500. When I was a kid, we lost it in bankruptcy. We had to move in with my cousin. So I know about being poor. And what I knew that I wanted to do was to make better of my life. And so I went to night school and summer school for 18 months. I was able to graduate the beginning of my junior year in high school. And so I didn't go to college. I wanted to work. So I started working. When I was 18, I approached two men that owned the 21st largest insurance agency in the world. And I said, why don't we take your money and my experience and we'll open a business? And they laughed. And they said, you're, you're 18 years old. And I said, yeah, no. And they started checking on me, found out that I was a pretty good guy. I was a decent student in school and they agreed to do it. So I was 18 years old and we went to the bank and signed a $150,000 loan to open our first business. And I didn't care because I didn't have anything for them to take. So yeah, I'll sign up. And they handed me a checkbook, had $150,000 in it. I was 18 years old and I went and opened a business. And so it was, what was very, that business? We, owned, we were in the pawn shop business Okay. and we sold out to Cash America. They're a fortune 500 when I was 27 years old. So I was able to retire when I was 27. I had bought numbers of stores over the course of a nine year period and they became very successful. I got married a year uh, after my wife graduated from high school. So two weeks after she graduated, we got married, lived in a 550 square foot condo. And we poured all the money back into the business. We lived on $18,000 a year for nine years. And I grew a business that a fortune 500 wanted. And so sold it when I was 27, took a year and a half off, uh, gained 50 pounds, got very bored. I was very depressed, uh, getting in the bed in the middle of the day. My wife woke me up and she said, this is not what I signed up for. So I went back, bought the company I started with when I was 13 years old, and we grew it four times the size it was over a 10-year period. When I turned 40 years old is when my story really began. I had everything that you can imagine, tangibly speaking. We had vacation homes. We had beautiful house, Mercedes. We had all the stuff, and I don't want to underestimate stuff. Uh, Andros or Justin, I don't, I don't want to mislead your audience because I hate it when people with money go, money's not important. I want to go, you're a liar. It's very important. Let's take it away from you and let's see how important it is. But I don't want to make it my God. I don't want to make it my sole focus because when you do that, you quickly lose interest. Other people lose interest in you. August 1st, 2001, I was headed to the office and I ran over and killed a pedestrian that was Ooh. crossing the street. And my life stopped forever that day. I mean, I don't even want to take you there, but it was a very traumatic experience. I didn't understand why. I couldn't handle the pressure. I sold my business. I took five years off. I didn't do anything. I traveled all over the world. I had psychiatrists, counselors help. I had people circle me and help me. You don't 
run over and kill somebody and get over it. You know what I'm saying? God yeah. just gives you the grace to learn how to deal with it. No, no. Uh, were you were you going to church at this point? Were you? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. I've been a believer since I was nine years old. Okay. Very active in church. Uh, very active in my faith. And quite honestly, that's one of the things that got me through this. Mm-hmm. But again, Robin woke me up from a nap five years later. She said, here we are again. I mean, you're fat, you're lazy, you're getting in the bed in the middle of the day. And I said, I don't have anything to do. And she said, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta do something. I don't care what you do, start another company, buy another company. I don't care what you do, but you got to get out of the house. So I bought a construction company and we spent the next six years quadrupling it coming number one in middle Tennessee, three consecutive years. And then I turned 50, 10 years ago, I retired and I've dedicated my life to giving back. I want to help people. And I don't want to say I'm this monk or this guy that's just, you know, it's not that we're making plenty of money. It's not that. But the attitude to answer your question, that's a long way around answering your question. But to answer your question, it's learning to be a giver. And the more I teach, the more I share, the more I give back, the more I build relationships, the more I give perspective, the more I help people, it just comes back in spades. There's a natural reciprocity that comes back in spades when you look outward instead of inward. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. And so uh, when, when, when that happened to you was, you know, uh, as a, as a man of faith, I'm sure the question that probably kept bouncing around in your head is, uh, why God, like what, what is, what is the meaning of this? Why, why did this happen? Yeah. Uh, what's the lesson here? So what, what did you pull away from yeah. all of that? If you're okay to share that? Yeah, sure. No, absolutely. I'm an open book. I'll share anything. Right. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. You asked that question, but, the the, the actuality of it is the reason that happened is because the gentleman was 77 years old and he couldn't see good and he didn't see me coming and he stepped out in front of me. That's the bottom line. It wasn't like a curse from God or a penalty. It wasn't any of that. It was not even that, but maybe there's a lesson to be learned. Well, from, I lesson, mean, I, I never think that there's anything I, bad like sure, that. But sure. Well, let me tell you what the let me tell you what the lesson was. What I discovered at that moment doing self-discovery, and if you've ever been in a horrific accident or something traumatic, you always ask those questions. There's always an introspection. You always look in. And what I discovered was is If that had been me that day that had gotten killed at 40 years old, what would my legacy have been? Let me tell you what it would have been. Poor kid from Nashville, Tennessee, makes enough money to retire at age 27 and nobody cares. (laughs) That's what my legacy would have been. And I'm like, I don't want my legacy to be that. I want my legacy to be Justin and Andros's life is better as a result of having known me. These guys have got connections, encouragement. They've been edified. Their life is better because they've been around Aaron. That's what I wanted my legacy to be. And I said, you know what? Nobody cared that I had a big house on the hill. Nobody cared I had a beach house. Nobody cared I drove a Mercedes. Nobody cared about any of that. The only thing people cared about is how their life is impacted and affected as a result of knowing me. And I said, I'm going to turn my focus outward. You know what's happened as a result of that? I've discovered I had great success, but no significance. And what I'm teaching people to do today is, listen, I can teach you how to make money. I know how to make money, but I also know how to be significant in the lives of other people. You can do those things simultaneously. Mm -hmm. And so today we're much greater influencers in the significance piece because we help people do that. But I'm twice as successful financially. Isn't it amazing how that happens when you get it in the right order? 
And so yeah. today people would say, hey, my life is different because I've been in this guy's mastermind. My life is different because he's coached me to understand values. He understands core values and he understands his mission. He knows why he's here and he's aiding in the benefit of other people. And that's when we really shine. When we offer ourselves to the higher value of other people, your purpose then is revealed. Yeah, there's no I'll, there's I'll no greater it, thing than serving, uh, you know, and that's definitely a, a, a one of the tenets of of uh, of, of uh, Christ is is that is the the, the whole uh, purpose of of being a, a servant to your fellow man in a way that you you can give as much as you can give. Um, and it's, it's a shame that more people don't seem to follow that, especially these days. Let me tell you what happens though, Andros, because you're posing some good questions into Justin's question earlier. What are some of the things that you would do? First of all, you've got to be authentic. People see when you're blowing smoke up their hiney in a mile away, they know when there's an underlying motive. So first of all, you've got to be interested in the benefit of other people for their benefit, not for yours. The second thing that you've got to do is build relationships intentionally. This COVID thing has put us in isolation, and isolation is the enemy to excellence. If we want to excel in our lives, we've got to be in community. No one is successful when they're just in autonomy, right? It's just you can't be successful alone. And so we teach people to get into community. Well, when you have a servant's mentality, when you're looking outward, other people want to be with you. They see you're bringing the light. They see the encouragement. They feel the edification. They know that you're in their corner. And all people care about is listening to you if they know how much you care about them. And so mm -hmm. I think that we've got to get the steps in the proper order. And success is not hard. Start trying to add value. Stop trying to make the sale. And the more value that I add, the sales happen naturally. It's just a byproduct. Rabbi Daniel Lappin is a friend of mine. He wrote Thou Shalt Prosper. And that book talks about the certificates of appreciation that we're giving have dead president's pictures on them. They're called Benjamin Franklin's, and they give you these for a job well done. That will come if you will do a job well done. Yeah, it's and it, I just want to say that, like, you know, you, you talk about the discovery kind of of like the exploring your legacy. And for me, I'm just going to share this really briefly, but I, you know, six years ago, I was in a major car accident where I ended up in the ICU for two months and very close to die. I had a priest come bless me in the hospital. I mean, it was, it got as bad as it could get. And I'm still, I, and I have lingering effects from what I endured to this day, but I've made a very dramatic recovery. Um, but the thing that I remember is being in an ICU bed where I was bedridden for two months was, you know, being served a nice piece of humble pie, but also kind of like at that point, it just was all about the relationships and like who was visiting. Yeah. And like, that was what got, that's what kept me going. Yeah. And my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife and, and having those people, um, you know, there to, to support. And, and as I've kind of come out of this, um, that was what kind of triggered me to go entrepreneurial instead of following like a corporate trajectory, which I had been doing my whole life before that. Mm. Um, but what I discovered is what, what you're saying about is, is kind of like as I built my own business, like my first big clients were people that I was first a client of theirs, or I volunteer or or and slash and I volunteered for, developed, spent a lot of time developing relationships and giving before um before ever asking. And and, and I've just kind of discovered over and over and over again that everything is is relationship based, especially for like the bigger clients and things like that. Like if you wanna if you want to kind of develop um in my experience it's been it's been relationships first 
uh, value first. And, and then I also get a lot out of teaching other people. And I, I tend to learn things at a deeper level as I teach too. So it's like from yeah. a, from a selfish standpoint, you know, not only do you get to help other people, but you're also absorbing information on like a cellular level that you don't do when you're just reading a book or, or something along those lines. So I just wanted to share that just because, uh, it kind of fits with what you've described there. Yeah. And it's just been an experience that, uh, that I continue to have, um, but that, yeah, that's, Justin, that's can I give, would you mind if I teach just for about two minutes, if you don't mind, the I floor teach, is yours, my friend. I want to teach a couple of practical tips that people take for granted that work marvelously. Uh, and I've done this my entire career, little things. And I just did it just five minutes before I got on this interview. There's a guy named Stefan Spencer. Stefan is there in California. He's the SEO expert. He's written all the books. He travels all over the world. I invited him to be my guest. He came and spoke to all of our mastermind groups via Zoom, and it was remarkable. And so I hung up the call with him and I did this. This is what I did. I hit the record button on the video and I went, hey, this is Aaron Walker, president and founder of View from the Top. I'm a life and business coach helping ordinary people become extraordinary. Let me tell you about a guy that I didn't even think I could get. And I went on and told the value that he added and I told how appreciative I was for that. And it was a one minute video endorsement. He didn't ask for that. Okay, that's the key. He didn't ask for that. And I sent it to him. I do that all the time with people when they do a marvelous job at anything. I don't wait for people. Mike McCallowitz is a friend of mine. Mike told me he was launching a new book. I read the book. It was amazing. I got on, did a two minute video endorsement of the book telling how amazing it was. He put that on the front page of his website in his video uh, that he sent out to everybody all over the world. Listen, because it meant so much to him. It was so impactful. I went in the bank the other day and one of the guys that waited on me did an amazing job. I did the same thing for the bank teller and the bank regional president, the bank regional director sent it to the the state director and the state guy sent it to the bank president. The bank president called me. He said, we've never had a person do that ever for a teller. He said, would you do a video announcement to go on our website? They sent a video team out. They did that. Then they had me on a commercial for that. Listen, I can stand here the rest of the day and tell you isolated incidents that happen because I'm actively promoting other people before they ask. I spoke at social media marketing world. Michael Stelzner is a friend of mine, but before I met him for two years, I got on and did amazing videos endorsing social media marketing world and what a great job they do and how good they are. Michael then called me and said, man, who are you? And it started talking, built a relationship. Next thing I know, I'm speaking there the following year on masterminds. I do that all the time. And I get, I get speaking engagements all over the country because of that. It's the little things that matter and you got to do it before they ask. Absolutely. In fact, uh, one of the the chief lessons that I teach my uh, my son, are you familiar with the bucket filling books uh, at all? It's really great. It's a kid's book. If you if you have kids, please get this book. It's It's called the bucket filling book. And it's about, basically, it talks about how everybody has a bucket that they carry around and you can fill that bucket just by doing something nice or complimenting someone or smiling or saying hello, uh, you, you can fill someone's bucket. And, uh, but there's a lot of people that uh, also are bucket dippers and they can take what's in your bucket out of your bucket. So if you really want to make the world a better place, then fill people's buckets. And so 
it's it's a nice little tool because I, you know, my 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 son who just turned six, when he was three, he got this. It was like, hey man, what you did uh, that didn't fill my bucket, or man, you just totally filled my bucket by doing yeah. that, and yeah. uh, and and they get it, and so. Uh, now he knows like his job is to fill people's buckets and boy, he does. And, and it's amazing how many people do not get that simple lesson. Two more I've got, I want to teach cause I Please. think it'd be helpful. These are practical tips. People say, Hey, what can I take away and go do? I just gave you one. Here's the second one. Uh, Andros, let's just hypothetically say we've been friends a long time and I pick up the phone and I'll call you. Andros, how's it going? Going good. How's your wife? Good. Your kids? Good. Uh, Hey, by the way, while I've got you, would you introduce me to Justin with the Marketing Geeks podcast? Now you're like, okay, that's why he called me, right? He wanted me to introduce him to Justin. Every day I call people and here's how it goes. Justin, how's it going? How's your wife? know you've been married six years. You just had an anniversary. How's the Marketing Geeks podcast going? It's going good. Hey, what can I do for you? It's like, what? Like, like how can I help you? Who, who do you need to meet? Uh, what introduction do you need? What resource do you need? Uh, is there anything that I can do? Can I promote you? Is there anything? You're like, like what are you saying, Big A? Like, like I want to help you. And you go, dude, thank you. And, you know, here's what you could do for me to hang up the phone. I don't ask for anything. I'm like here to serve you. Now, Justin's thinking he really cared about me. Like, like he wasn't calling to borrow my chainsaw. Like he was like interested in me. It makes an indelible impression. The other thing that I do is I walk all the time and I'm on the Greenway, the station camp Greenway, and I'll carry my phone and I'll just uh, hit record. I'll throw it up, do a video. Hey, Andros, thank you for having me on the Marketing Geeks podcast. I want to tell you, you guys made me feel comfortable. I felt warm and invited. I feel like maybe that I added some value, but if there's any way that I can ever serve you better, hey, man, reach out, and I'll text it to your phone. I won't email it to you. I'll text it to your phone. Everybody looks at their text, right? And they usually look at their text immediately. I didn't ask you for anything. I was complimenting your show. I was encouraging you, and it took me 15 seconds while I'm walking anyway. We do that stuff all day long, every day, year after year, and that's how we've built 14 successful companies. Yeah, that's that's amazing, uh, amazing advice. And and uh, in fact, uh, just recently, when people start replying to me, like asking me questions on uh, like LinkedIn, I'm starting to reply to them with the video. Uh, it it, just, it definitely feels more personal, and it it feels like you're really because uh, I, I I do think that the day and age of like the the copy paste you know, no, mass email yeah, marketing. That's, that's, that's over. That's over. Human connection. People are starving for, for I got one authenticity. More. Yeah. I got one more and then yeah, I'm done. Please. So I've got dozens of these, but I only wanted to share three or four and I don't want it to be all about me. And it teaching. is all about you. This is, but this these, is- this, uh, these, these things work. Listen, guys, they work. Everybody in our social media gets a birthday message customized to them. Private message sent to each person. We have thousands, tens of thousands of people. They all get that. All right. The last one, let their story be their story. Let me explain what I mean. People all the time will come up to you and say, Hey, let me tell you about this. Let me tell you about this awesome place that I live or this place that I went on vacation. Oh yeah, man. I love Hawaii. That's a beautiful place. And when Robin and I was there, we went to Jermaine's Luau and it was amazing. (laughs) Well, what you just did is you just cut their legs out from under them. 
a guy came up to me recently, a friend of mine, and I said, hey, let me show you a deer that Owen, my grandson, killed in my backyard. He looked at the picture, immediately got his phone out, and he said, let me show you this picture my grandson killed. Like, all of a sudden, it didn't matter about my grandson, right? It wasn't important. What was important is that he matched or one-upped me, Hmm. right? Let their story be their story. Here's how it should have gone when I showed him the picture. Hey, Big A, where did he kill it? How big was it? Did he shoot it with a bow or a gun? Was he excited? Was this his first deer? How old is he? Where was he at when he killed it? See, now I'm like, man, he's interested in what I'm saying. The other way, we're so quick to offer. You see these Facebook messages all the time of your three little girls and how cute they are. Oh, yeah. Look look at my little girls. Here's what happens in post your picture. What you've just done is totally told that person what they're sharing is not important. Yeah. And I attribute that to, is that like significance? Is that like significance building? Like we all want to feel significant. And even though we're hearing somebody else's story, we want to like find a way to get our significance. and We're selfish selfish. and what's more important is what you've got going on and not what they've got going on. And the more you ask the questions about what they're doing, you've just now forged a relationship. The other way they're like, I'll never tell you when my grandson killed another deer. The, the relationship is done because all you're going to do is brag on your grandson. You've been there before. You've done it before. Listen, I don't even care if you've been there before. Just listen to my story. Robin and I had a good time in Hawaii. I want you to go, how was it? How was the weather? Where did you go? What did you eat? How long did you stay? Not that you've been there. Not, not that, you know, you've been there 20 years before me because what you just said was is now I've got nothing exciting to share with you, right? You've got to let other people's story be their story. Yeah. And it's so how, how does somebody get started with changing the mindset of maybe being a self-centered person or having a propensity for uh, selfish behavior and, and also like having like a scarcity mindset, because like a lot of things you're talking about are you're talking about giving value first. I think some people um, have like that scarcity mindset where they like they're worried that if they give value to somebody else that they're not going to get the value oh, back. So wrong. And so how how do you how would you coach somebody yeah. to like, what practices is it like yeah. meditation? Is it prayer? Like what, what does yeah, it take? Numbers of things. Kind of, um, yeah. Numbers of things. Change? Yeah. First of all, we're operating in an industry that has 7 billion people on the planet. Okay. We have a few hundred in our mastermind group. I can get that many on my front porch. <laughs> okay. So it's not a scarcity of people. The scarcity is in the abundance mindset and sharing. And I'll give you a prime example. When I owned the construction company, we started, custom builder association with the top 10 builders in middle Tennessee that were invited invitation only to be in this group. We were competitors. Like people would want to build multi-million dollar houses. These are the people that were bidding to build the houses. We get them together and we're going to form an association with those people. People are like, you're crazy. Well, let me tell you how crazy I am. So in this group, we would meet the fourth Thursday in every month, and we would share best practices. We would start buying collectively. And when you buy collectively, you get a better price, which makes you more competitive. Then we would build homes that were model homes, show homes, and we would sell tickets for charitable organizations and raise thousands of dollars. More people would come because it was for charity, which allowed us to sell more houses. And then when my contractor, my framer wasn't busy, he could help my competitor. I'd rather be bidding against somebody that I knew the quality of the person than bidding against somebody that I didn't even know because I know at least they're going to be honest because they're going to see me every fourth 
Thursday for a meeting. The last year I was in the construction business, those 10 builders, we did $115 million in business. Everybody's business in the group grew as a result of us helping, giving uh, tips, giving best business practices, meeting with each other, doing the charitable fundraisers for these houses, and we became friends. And later we started traveling together. These were competitors at first. Don't ever show your cards. That's what people think. When you share the secret sauce, then that is a lie. That yeah. is not true. We've yeah. got to share. The more you share, the more you show, the more they're willing to show. It's just like being vulnerable and transparent. The first person is vulnerable and transparent allows the other person to be vulnerable and transparent. People will only go as far with you as you'll go with them. And if you share the secret sauce, you don't have the only secret sauce. They've got secret sauce as well. And so now we're like helping each other. And as a result of that, we grew to be the number one builder three consecutive years in Middle Tennessee because of that mindset. And that, you know, it's interesting because that's, it, it's, for me, it feels like on, on some level, America has lost that sense of like, hey, we've got to, we're Americans and we've got to help each other through anything. And, and it, 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 to see the division that's happening, uh, it, it, it's driving me a little crazy because uh, people are not willing to talk to one another. I, I actually uh, had someone I knew on Facebook who I considered a friend who said uh, basically, yeah, if the left wants a war, then uh, you know we're armed and we're ready to go. And I was like, so what does that mean exactly? Are you planning to kill somebody? Are you planning to kill me? If I'm at a protest and you don't like what I'm doing, are you going to shoot me? Yeah. I mean, it's it's bananas. And, and the thing that I really love about the Netherlands, uh, I'm actually going through the process to get uh, a citizenship here, but but they're, they're giving me uh, classes in, about the four tenets of being Dutch. And, and one of them is, you know, looking out for your fellow citizens, sure. uh, being part of the community. It's part of the tenets. Of, of being Dutch. So, so how, how can we in this time, yeah. which it looks like we are heading for a major conflict of some sort in the we States, are. how, like, and, and you have to take a side, you have to take a side now, it's, mm -hmm. it's come down to that. But how, like how do we, how do we move past that to yeah. be considerate and, and stop the energy of the psychopaths that seem to be running yeah. everything? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, let me say a couple of things. First of all, if you haven't watched The Social Dilemma oh. on Netflix, yes. you need to watch The Social Dilemma because we're polarizing two sides. It's very contrived. It's very intentional. And it's dividing our country. I personally have lost a good friend to that as well. I, I do take a little bit of a different approach. I don't think necessarily you have to take a side. I think that you've got to have the convictions to be willing to stand alone. And so for me, as a Christ follower, I have core values, and I'm going to stand on those core values regardless of the position on either side. And it takes a lot of stamina and courage and willpower, grit and determination and perseverance to take a position. So for me, uh, I don't necessarily need the accolades, and I don't need the affirmations from other people. Now, I don't want to go teaching a Sunday school lesson here, but for me, God's inerrant word, the Bible, is my you know, is, is my guidebook. That, that's where I stand, regardless of who believes it or doesn't believe it. I have an audience of one that I've got to 
that, that I've got to uh, take a stand for. His name is Jesus Christ. So there again, I don't want to be too spiritual on this, but I'm telling you, this interview is about me, so I'm telling you who I am. So mm-hmm. that's for me. And so I think that as long as we take that position, in the end, we're going to win. I've read the book, and I know the last chapter, and I know we win ultimately. Uh, it may not give that appearance here in the flesh, carnally speaking, but in the end, we win. And so for me, that gives me a lot of confidence and a lot of trust. It's not putting my confidence and faith in things that are tangible, uh, that moth and rust can destroy, uh, but it's putting my confidence and faith in something that's going to be eternal. Well, there's a couple of the, 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 the major problem that I'm having. And, you know, what you're saying is at its core is fantastic. However, I, f- I feel that part of the problem is that there are, are many, many, many people who are taking advantage of hiding behind that label saying, well, I'm a Christian man, I go to church, or I'm a Christian woman, I go to church. But their actions, especially yeah. when they yeah. seem to... They're wrong. They're, they're, not only are they wrong, yeah. they're, they're yeah. I dare I say, satanic. It's, it's, yeah. it's exactly... Yeah. It's, not, it's not a faith. It's not a denomination. It's about a relationship. Right. And see, people hide behind that veil of Christianity, and you're like, some of the people have screwed me the worst that have professed to be that that's not the people I'm talking about. I don't even like denominations. People talk about denominations and I'm like, no, it's about a personal walk. It's about a personal relationship. That's what I'm interested in. And I, I and totally agree real, with you. I feel, real people. Yeah. And I feel, I feel that, I mean, I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm not a follower of the church. I respect the core teachings uh, yeah. specifically. I'm not a follower of the church. I'm a follower of Christ. So there's a big difference. There, there you go. And, and, and what, what I, what I find is that, uh, there is a there is a spiritual bankruptcy, uh, and in, in, especially in in the states. And I I don't want to bash the country; it's still my country, and I, I love that country. Yeah. But I'm, I'm very disappointed. I'm very disappointed too. And we're right recording this in the midst of an election, and it was the biggest embarrassment in our country's history. Oh man, the debate that we had last night, and so like these two be, guys out of there's 350 yeah, yeah, like, million people in America. This is all we've got, and I'm like. I think I might run. <laughs> I'm going to sign myself in as a write-in, but it's like, you got to be kidding me. It was an embarrassment. So I'm with you, Andros, completely. I'm with you a hundred percent. But the only thing that I can do, let me just say this, is I can only be an influence to the people that are in my sphere, right? Yeah. That's where you've got to start. And it starts at home. It starts at home with your children and if we're not being an influence and we're not directing and guiding there, and then it goes out from there, the community, your peers, your colleagues, the people in your workplace. Like the other thing is, is people are afraid of conflict. And here's the thing. You can only have influence directly proportional to the level of conflict that you're willing to endure. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not willing to have conflict, you can have no influence on anyone. And if you think about the greatest leaders in the world, there was a faction of people that hated them. And the reason they hated them is because they took a position. People today want to straddle the fence. They want to be lukewarm. They don't want to take a position. And so therefore, there's no leaders. There's no people for them to follow. And so you've got to take a position. And I'm totally good with conflict. I don't look for it, but I sure don't run from it. And I'm going to take a position and I'm going to influence the people that I can. And that's basically all we can do. And now it, we are getting we are getting toward the end here, and there's a few things I still want to cover on the show. So this is like kind of changing the subject. Andre, so you wanted to you want to wrap this up maybe with like well, I, I actually I, I do want to segue into that, and and so because my my question is is two parts because how is the work you're doing right now 
yeah. uh, doing that thing. But I, I actually want to touch on one thing specifically, and that is, uh, it you're, you're running the, the it looks like the biggest project that you're running has to do with uh, helping men in general. Well, no, it's men, men or women. They're they're both. We have okay. We have groups for both. But uh, but but the question I, I have is, is this: there, there was a, a fabulous book called uh, Magician Warrior uh, Lover King. And uh, it's it's basically the premise is that men in our day and age don't go through any sort of ritual. In the old days, they would like have to kill a bear or there's like some rite of passage. Right. Sure. And, and a lot of men don't now. No, and so there's a lot of little boys walking around in grown men's bodies having no idea yeah. Yeah, how kids. to – how to be men. Right. 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 Uh, and now you've got these groups that are, that have found right. their way through like white supremacy and like racism. And mm. so, so how, how do you, how would you guide, how do you, how are you using your tool set to help yeah. men in particular? Yeah. And, and what's the grander scope of what you're yeah. trying to achieve? Yeah, I appreciate that. First of all, I'm going to touch a nerve here because you've touched a nerve that is one of the catalysts for the reason I'm doing this. Men are not being men today. They're not standing up and leading their families. Women are starving to death for men to lead them. And women are reaching out today because they're crying out for help. They're crying out for people to be in their corner because lazy men are too sorry. They're sitting on the couch playing video games, not focusing on the right things to lead their family. And I'm sick of that. Mm. And so my dad taught me, hey, if you're going to be a man, stand up and act like one. And so that's what I've been doing since I was 13 years old, started my first business at 18. I get so tired of hearing excuses. We have our core values. Relationships matter most. That's our number one core value. Make things amazing. That's our second core value. No excuses. That's our third core value. Everything is figure outable. That's our fourth core value. And truth before opinion. That's our fifth core value. Men don't have core values today. They don't even know what they want. They have no idea what the tomorrow holds. They just want bigger, better, shinier, and faster. They have no concept of living a life proactive. They're living reactive. It is time that we're standing up, living our life proactive. We're doing an exercise called Come As You Will Be in 2023, where you have to decide in five key areas of your life what you want. And we help you over a 36-month period accomplish that. One of them is standing up in personal development and being the man that you were called to be. And we just help you do that. We help you identify that. People don't have clarity today. They don't have a clue where they're going nor how they're going to get there. So I built these groups in hopes of having the accountability, laying out the core values, having the mission statement and the vision to help you stand up and be the person you were called to be. That's uh, and that's quite a, a task in this day and age. So uh, I, I want to take it a, a little bit broader because we're coming up to the end of the show. But uh, how what? how do you see a way out of this? Like, what do you see are, especially like there's climate change happening. There's just corruption everywhere. There's people who, as you say, they, they don't, they have, don't have a clue about who they really are and how to, how to show up in the world. So, so how, how do we get through this? Yeah. Well, let's be very honest though. If you study history at all, you know, I mean, Sodom and Gomorrah was some of the worst times in civilization. This was thousands of years ago in the Roman Empire. I mean, this is not just new to today. And the reason that it feels that way, Andros and Justin, is because of the media. They didn't have the media, you know, 50, 100 years ago like we have it today. So there can be a bomb explosion in Beirut, and it scares you to death because it's televised. And it just feels as though 
that it was magnified by a hundred. But if you lived in biblical days, even there was a time that, you know, you wouldn't have wanted to live. I mean, you would not have wanted to be in that environment. And I think that it's going to continue to be that way. I think the thing that we've got to focus on is I've already said not to repeat myself, but is helping the people that is in your sphere of influence, right? It starts at home. It starts with you as an individual and all you can impact is the people that are around you. Nobody's going to come out with a magic bullet. And, you know, it's just the nature of the times that we're living in as it's always been. It's sin nature. And there's things that carnally speaking that we're always going to deal with, but we've got to keep a positive approach. We've got to look outward and do the best that we can do with what we've got in the times that we're provided. And, you know, it's, You've, it's, uh, you've covered a lot of like the leadership tenets, a lot of the like how we can like create a following for ourselves, how we can, how we can, um, how we can do this. What, what I want to ask is what, what are some of the um, methods that you use to find people to build, yeah. like, cause you have the mastermind communities. So I, I right. want to go touch on this at the very least. Like how are you finding people that are the right fit? It's so easy. It's so easy. Yeah. And people overlook that. And it's just, as I said earlier, it's some of the basic principles of business that people overlook. They try to be all snazzy and get the latest app and do all these things. And it comes down to the human touch. It all comes back to the human connection. And I teach master classes on how to build mastermind groups. And one of the things that I teach you to do is just simply take your contact list and go down through and look at people that you admire for whatever reason, make a list, go to your link. LinkedIn page. I have thousands. I don't know how many I have on LinkedIn. And I'm like, man, this guy would be a good fit. Then I go to Instagram and then I go to Facebook and you think about the Rotary Club and the Chambers of Commerce and the people in your community. And when you look at this, here's what's so cool. This is what's so neat. Listen to me for a minute. If you haven't checked in, check in right now for a second. Here's the thing. If you're wanting to make $100,000 a year, you know what that takes? 20 people. It takes two mastermind groups that pay you $500 each. That's $120,000 a year annual income. And it'll take you three hours a week to lead those two groups. Now, people are like, man, now you've got my attention. (laughs) There's so many people out there that think you need hundreds and thousands of people. We only need a handful of people. A few dozen people put you in a six-figure income. There's so many coaches, podcast hosts, thought leaders that are reaching out to me now going, I've never thought about running masterminds like you're talking about. I've thought about masterminds as being roundtable discussion, but never from a profitable standpoint. We're running a seven-figure you know, business as a result of mastermind groups. I only lead seven of them. 13 of them are led by facilitators. People have been with me six and seven years in these mastermind groups. It's a very predictable income. And it's done by just reaching out to a handful of people saying, hey, I've got the framework. And that's what we've created with the mastermind playbook. And there's an 11-step program, 34 videos, 100 worksheets and tools that we take you through. I hold your hand for three months, walk you through it. I teach you to do it. People say, why would you do that? You've got 20 groups. You're competing against yourself. You know what's funny? Since I started teaching to go back, everybody now wants to be in our mastermind group because I'm teaching you how to do it. And then they invite their friends to be in our group. So we're growing at an exponential rate, and I'm teaching other people to do it that are making high six-figure incomes from leading these mastermind groups. See, the biggest myth that people have, they say, Big A, I'm not you, and I haven't had 14 businesses. No, but we've got the framework. That's what you need. You don't need the answer to all the questions. You need the framework to know how to run the groups. The magic is in the involvement of all participants. Not It's not group coaching. 
That's what people can't get by. And once we show them that, they understand quickly, oh, I've got three people right now that comes to mind. They start going through this process that I just laid out, and you're like, I could fill up three or four groups so with people how, like that. How does somebody uh, – how do you get that? How, how, where, where can I find that? Yeah, the easiest way is to go to themastermindplaybook.com. We'll leave a link uh, down below. Place. Yep, themastermindplaybook.com. The other way is contact me personally. Tell me that you heard me on this show, and that's at viewfromthetop.com. And I'm happy to help you. My phone number's online. People say, are you kidding? <laughs> no, I want to talk to you. I want to help you. I want to train people to do this. And we've got people literally all over the world, Andros, that we're teaching to do this, and it's working amazing for them. So you have some counterintuitive ideas, like give all the stuff away, and it comes back to you, reciprocity. And I've, I've witnessed this with my own eyes and life, and, and I agree with you, but it is counterintuitive from a logical standpoint, I think. For a lot of people anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, but one of the things you mentioned is you mentioned finding those thousand people that are like your ideal like dream list or, or whatever. Your, your avatar. So, your avatar. Yep. So what's what's yep. an example of, of an outreach on them? Is this something like where you just go to their website? Yeah, LinkedIn. Oh, let me give you, or, here, I'm going to yeah. give you away all of our strategies. Yeah. So here's what you do. You get a lead magnet. And we have one called What Do I Want? It's a document that's been downloaded tens of thousands of times. And I give it away. It's about a 25 or 30 question document that really dives deep into what you want. And what I do is I get on LinkedIn and I'll write a little message to a person that says, hey, Justin, this is something that we use in our mastermind group right now. It's added a lot of value. And I thought it would be beneficial maybe for you. And I'll give you the link. We document that in a Google Drive. You know, we'll, we'll document that Justin received this and Andros received this. A couple of weeks, we'll reach back out and we'll go, hey, I hope that was beneficial to you. We've got another one called the spouse survey, things that you really want your spouse to know, but you're scared to tell. And we'll give that document out. And then a couple of weeks, we'll go back again and we'll say, hey, we've got uh, an assessment for you personally, and hopefully it'll help. And a lot of people will go unsubscribe, don't send me another thing. But some people will go, this is really good stuff. I mean, like these work and these are helpful. Tell me more about your business. Oh, okay. So we have a mastermind and we do this kind of stuff every single day online and no, no arm twisting. I mean, if you're interested, it's a great thing. If not, cause we don't pressure anybody and then it's knocking on their door. See, that's all these documents are. It's just knocking on the door and somebody answers. We do the same thing on other platforms as well. It's all about giving. We give this stuff away by the bucketfuls, right? We give away 95% of our content to help you. And then you go, I got to have more of this. Same way with the master classes that we do. $297 this master class. We give away $2,000 worth of information for $297. And people go, I want to buy the playbook. Like, like this is so much unbelievable information that you've given me. Uh, I, I, I got to have more. And see, it's it's that constant giving away and then people go, man, do you know Big A? Everybody calls me Big A. You know Big A? No, this dude is filling me up. And then it's just the word of mouth at that point. So you get this momentum going, and then you build this critical mass, and then all the people that you serve are your best salespeople. Now, it's not easy. It's a lot of work. It's hard, dead gum work. I mean, I do it all the time, sharing, giving, helping, and then people go, hey, I want more of this. I always find yeah. it funny because uh, we, we've interviewed a lot of experts on the show. We've done this quite a bit now. And uh, the vast majority of the most successful people we have on the show will all 
kind of like when we talk about like how do you get started how do you find your people it's always like the boring like cold outreach i do the work i spend the time to do it manually i'm not leveraging the fancy automation tools and it's just funny because everybody's chasing the automation tools especially sick of that. Don't need it. people yeah. are sick of that people yeah. are sick they, they want real People are starving to death for authenticity. Absolutely. For sure. Well, uh, we're, we're coming up to the end of the show. I, I mean, I, we could definitely go on for another. Andros, when does this show end? That's the third time in a half hour you said. <laughs> Just tell them we're going to talk another half hour and cancel whatever else they got going on because we're going to add value. I'm just messing with you. I, I, I would love, actually, we would love to have you back on. Uh, okay. You know, I'll do it. So, so uh, you know, because I can, I could definitely go for another hour, but uh, for the sake of our listeners, we, we like to keep it uh, fairly tight, but uh, but but that said, uh, so we we will put links to where people can find everything uh, down below. Uh, where else can we find you? Yeah, the easiest are those two places: themastermindplaybook.com and viewfromthetop.com. I'll get really personal here. Send me an email personally, Aaron A A R O N at viewfromthetop.com. Okay, cool, man. Well, uh, thank you so much for that. So uh, before we go, we always like to find out uh, what our guests are are into. So uh, we, we we do the lightning geek round. Uh, so we want to find out what what are you what are you most geeky about right at this moment? Hobby, TV show, book, uh, anything not related to work, just something kind of that you love doing that's not really connected to any of this. Yeah. You know, uh, my grandchildren are my life and, uh, I've got grandkids that play sports. Uh, they're very involved in our community and I spend the vast majority of my time with them. I love to go to the ballpark and watch my grandson play ball. He's a world-class, literally world-class pitcher. And, uh, I love to go and watch him play ball. My oldest granddaughter will be 18 in a couple of weeks, plays tennis. We hang out together. We're, we're a huge, uh, family oriented uh, group. And so they all live five minutes from me and we're together all the time. And so if, if I could geek out on anything, it'd be being with my family. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Justin, what do you, uh, what do you, what do you geeky about? Other than the presidential debates, um, <laughs> I wish I tried to, I watched the last like 10, 20 minutes of it. It, it, it was a, it was a mess. Uh, you know, I, I think we mentioned. Before, I watched all of it. Ninety you minutes. The whole thing. Oh, you made it. You thing. made it. You're one of the few. I made it. I had to. I had to see what was going on. Um, I'd rather watch myself get hit with a hammer. <laughs> I don't know. It was. Tight. I, I mean, I, we did mention this thing in the prior episode too, but I did watch. I just watched the social dilemma like within the last week, I think, and we mentioned that earlier in this episode as well. And I, I do. I think that raises a lot of interesting questions and I, I highly encourage anyone that hasn't seen it. It's on Netflix. It's called the social dilemma to check it out because I mean, it, it just, it just shows you how we are being manipulated and put into echo chambers to uh, we think that everybody shares our opinions because that's what we're constantly seeing and being shown. Uh, we're not being shown alternate viewpoints and it's kind of creating a, um, a psychological dilemma as well. So well, it's a, it's definitely worth checking out. It's a, it's a, um, it, it provokes questions. It's the fourth, fourth most watched Netflix ever. Good. Wow. Uh, everyone, everyone needs to watch. I mean, the thing, the thing that, that is interesting about that, and they didn't get into this, but it's like the same algorithms that push people apart 
could you could just reverse that algorithm and be like, wow, I want to come together with people. I want to yep. like, and that's why I believe that. Uh, but Mark money, Zuck Andros, but money. But, but uh, yeah, that's why, that's why Mark Zuckerberg is an evil alien from uh, outer space. Well, and, uh, and what's wild about this is I've been, I've been kind of getting down on Facebook on this show. Uh, and I, they, they suddenly were like, Hey, you, you need to change your password. And then they locked me out and I'm locked out of my Facebook account. And I'm okay with that. I'm very okay with that. <laughs> So, and I think part of that also is like at some point in the future, there will be changes to like the corporate structure in America where that we are uh, bound for profit first because like sometimes if it's at the expense of society, that's not yeah. a good thing. And, yeah. and, and yet like technically from fiduciary duty standpoint, like they are supposed to be doing what they're doing, but it's, it's obviously counterintuitive to our society or it's bad for society so we need to figure out something in that regard too. gotta help people out man well um and then uh well for me uh i am closing in the last few couple of episodes of cobra kai uh yeah. and uh, and uh, the show is dopey but it is so charming and it is so won me over uh, have you seen that aaron have you seen cobra kai? did you what's the name of it Cobra Kai. It? Did you ever see the Karate Kid? You saw the Karate Kid. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is the pre. What well, a sequel to Karate Kid. It's a sequel. It takes place like they brought back the entire cast, and it's basically what happens when Daniel Larusso, his life changed because he won the tournament, and uh, Johnny Lawrence, who lost, like his life was destroyed after that, and and it really tells the story kind of from his point of view, from Johnny Lawrence, and you realize Danny Larusso was kind of a jerk. And, uh, uh, but it's, it, it raises a lot of interesting questions about like taking sides and, uh, but it's very charming. It's a, it's a charming, charming movie. I, so, I got to check it out too. I haven't seen yeah. any of it. So. Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll check that out. Thank you. I highly recommend it. So, uh, uh, with that, ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Walker, thank you so much for, uh, being on the show here and, uh, being part of the marketing geeks and uh, yeah, we'll uh, we 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 loved having you on, and and uh, as soon as it uh, the podcast goes live, we'll we'll uh, my lovely wife Iris will let you know. Thank you, well, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, and uh, any other closing thoughts you want to leave our uh, our audience with? No, I guess I'm good. Just go out there and develop a good mindset because can't, couldn't do it, and could did it all, and fear missing an opportunity more than you fear failure you too can have a successful and significant life. I love it. I love it. Aaron Walker, everybody. Thank you so much. All right, man. Uh, that was, uh, that was awesome. That, that was really awesome. I, I loved those life philosophies. I mean, to me, that's like the center of business right there. It may not feel like it. Some like when you, when you hear him talking about like these kind of almost like philosophical points, but really that is the truth. That's how you build a business. Yeah. And so I loved hearing it and wanted to, what I'm to teach. Well, I, I can appreciate the fact that he comes from a, a faith based place, but he sounds, he sounded to me like a true, like, like, like he's holding really the true Christian faith. And it's one of those things that, uh, especially if a politician comes at me and he's like, Hey, I'm a Christian. I'm like, Oh no, please go away. But, uh, but the, the, he, he, Aaron sounded, uh, like he has such a great heart. I, I, I'd love to hang out with the guy. I wish, yeah. uh, I wish I could, you know, I, I just like what he said about, you know, having conviction and being willing to stand in your truth essentially. So like mm -hmm. no matter what the outside sources are telling you, you stay with what you know to be true. And that does take courage. And, and, uh, and he's saying that's kind of a thing that's been lost in society. So I did like, I loved hearing what you had to say about that. And 
Great point. I love that that too, but I should have asked him, uh, what do you do if your truth is uh, that Hillary Clinton eats babies? Uh, mm. What if that's your truth? Missed opportunity. Yeah, I guess we're <laughs> going to have to have him back on. Uh, righteous man. Well, uh, you are uh, you are in a state of transition. We're all in a state of transition. Uh, they're doing lockdowns here again in the in in the Netherlands. So, uh, man, it's yeah, a weird time. Rolling, rolling lockdowns. We never know what to expect. Um, however, one day we will get through this, and one day we'll all be able to sit down and watch Avatar two. <laughs> One day uh, we, <laughs> that will happen. One day you'll get to see Tenant, even. Yeah, Borat Two is coming straight to Amazon Prime at the end of October. Just heard about Man. it. Well, we should we should definitely do a news uh, episode uh, soon. So <laughs> stay tuned for that. Uh, all right, everybody, thank you again for listening, and please leave a comment. Uh, oh, and go to the Marketing Geeks uh, page on LinkedIn, and and you can see all the live. Uh, things that we do because we're going to do yeah. we we want we want to encourage people to ask questions as we're broadcasting live. Yeah, so we're broadcasting these live. We tend to broadcast them on Wednesdays around eleven Pacific time. So maybe we'll do a better job of announcing these in advance on like when we're going to do it. But uh, for now, just kind of be aware of that and check out our Facebook page or our uh, LinkedIn page. LinkedIn for sure. Actually, I'm not sure if it's going to Facebook because of or all. Or kill our- Facebook. Don't don't you like get rid of your Facebook completely. Just do that or that or that too. Yeah. Yeah, and with that, ladies and gentlemen, we are the Marketing Geeks. We are out. Marketing Geeks, come on, bring your friends. We'll learn marketing from distant lands. Understood, and Justin Womack, fun will never end. It's Marketing Geeks.